What's up, guys? It's your boy Lance from the Heel Turn Collective, and I just wanted to take a minute to tell you about our sponsor for the show, the Whole Fast Coffee Company. Whole Fast is based in Colorado Springs, and they are a responsibly sourced coffee that they grind in-house. You heard me right, in-house. And right now, if you use the promo code HEELTURN20, you get 20% off your entire basket today over at wholefastcoffeeco.com. So make sure you're helping out a great small local business and your favorite heels, and check out the Whole Fast Coffee Company. And now, for this week's episode. You are listening to the Heel Turn Collective Radio Network. You cannot counter-program the love, the genuine feeling, the damn revolution that is all elite wrestling! This is One with the Undercard, All Elite Edition. Hello everyone and welcome to One with the Undercard. On the road, I guess you would say. I am actually uh, lodged up in a hotel for the night. But no but no, uh, no problem. I'm still here with my partner in crime, Silky J. Johnson. What's going on, Silky? We weathered, we weathered rain the sleet, the snow, and oceans just to get through to you. Lance, you are a quarter in a sea of pennies, my friend. Uh, Wow. I I need you to know that that is the truth. That's high praise. You know, I can't say that uh, I confirm nor deny how excited I am to be uh, in such illustrious company. But uh, You're no silver dollar, but you have your place. Look, I I think that... Anytime a quarter is in a sea of pennies, it's a good thing, right? <laughs> it has to be. But yes, this is one with the undercard. Episode number 21, actually. Uh, we just celebrated 20 episodes last week, and now we're at 21. And people are still listening to Noah somehow. I can't believe it. What are we going to do for our 100th episode? You know, Man, I don't even know. Maybe we'll have Maybe AEW. Maybe we'll canceled by then. Yeah. I mean, Maybe one we'll can have only... AEW legend Griff Garrison. Yes, Griff Garrison. We're going to get into this uh, on the show, but I also think that somebody's name from this episode of Dynamite rivals that of Griff Garrison. Oh so. boy! Well, let's talk about it when the time comes. But hey, run me through the uh, run me through the uh, ratings. As that yeah, so that's your thing. Absolutely, Look, I'm a numbers guy. guy. I'm a numbers guy. And the numbers don't lie. AEW wins again, 826,000 viewers, 0. .30 in the 18 to 49 demo, which we have all learned for some reason that that is the number one demo to grab. Isn't that right, Jay? It's uh, allegedly it is the it is the it is the uh, demographic to shoot for, and yeah, AEW yeah. consistently does well in it. So I don't know if it's really the most important demographic. Or if it's the one AEW just has a stranglehold on. Well, yeah, because the only people watching NXT are those that over 50 group, you know? Yes. Which is fine. Like, if you're over 50 and you're still watching wrestling, congratulations. You are where all of us want to be as wrestling fans, right? I guess. I mean, maybe not in the long, skinny of things, but but anyway. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they those do- are the guys that remember the territories. Oh, Jesus Christ. You talk to any wrestling fan, and they always talk about the the damn territories. But uh, AEW does win on the night, though, 826,000.30 in the 18-49 demo. NXT comes in with 651,000. 
0.17 in the 18 to 49. Um, I mean, look, it just it just proves to me that NXT just whatever they got going on, storylines or whatever, it just doesn't seem to be clicking with the audience as much as AEW. Now, you can chalk that up to AEW's fan base being a little bit different than NXT's because it just seems like for both brands, really, they're about where they're going to stay at. Listen, and I'm not going to sit here and defend AEW. I don't think that uh, I don't think that AEW is perfect, but uh, I I will tell you that NXT is the opposite of Stacy's mom. They just don't have it going on right now, and uh, some they need to do something. That was the worst reference ever. Your mom Stacey's- is the worst reference. Thank you. But, now, can uh, we talk about can we talk about uh, the show this week and spend yeah. less time talking about these Deggle numbers? No, because I think <laughs> yes, we can. Don't don't worry. We're going to get to the show, obviously. But I do think these demo numbers bear weight because how heavily they promoted the show this week. You know that that number might not reflect that type of promotion. Okay, that's fair. I, numbers do tell a story. And the story that they're telling me with 800, you said 826 is the number? 826,000, yeah. Yeah, 826,000 is pretty average for AEW. Like I would say that's a that's a above average to good week for AEW. Yeah. I am a little I am a little uh, nervous. The numbers do tell the story that we did not have a million viewers this week and I feel like on your 1 year anniversary show and it wasn't necessarily really the anniversary. It was more like the year and two weeks uh, anniversary of Dynamite. I Never feel forget. like they should have had a million viewers on this show. Never forget the fifty so, fourth, the fifty fourth week of AEW Dynamite was the uh, the year anniversary show. But you're right. Uh, you I, think I that maybe they didn't want to have the year anniversary show going up against the debate? So. Yeah, I mean that that makes sense too. So, uh, but, but but you're right. I mean, typically these numbers they're horseshit, and they shouldn't really they should be taken with a grain of salt. But I think with the amount of promotion that went into this week, I, I don't think AEW is going to be necessarily super stoked about that number. I mean, I could be wrong. I mean, I'm not sitting in these board meetings or whatever, but I can't imagine them being super stoked on it. You know how much promoting they did and things. So, uh, yeah. Where it's going to go from here, I don't know. I mean, we're two weeks out from full gear, and they don't even – again, they're doing this to us, Jay. We're going into a pay-per-view, and we don't even know any of the matches yet. November so. 7th, and we have no idea what any of the card looks like. We can't even at this point – I can tell you one match that we'll have for sure. We're going to have Hangman Page up against Kenny Omega uh, as they've announced all eight competitors for this goofy uh, singles tournament so that they can – that person can go on to face – uh, whoever the champion will be uh, after full gear. Yeah, so, I mean, and, and look, we're going to go into the tournament a little bit. We're going to go a little in-depth into it, but but you're right. that That's a foregone conclusion, those two facing each other in the finals. But uh, I mean, it's, this no, is, it's no shock. The, who are they facing? We had Joey Janela going up against the alleged best bout machine in all of wrestling. Give me a break. Look, what, I'm I, so mad, Lance. Hear me when I say that there's no, absolutely no reason that uh, Kenny Omega should be having a competitive match with Joey Janela, and it's going to freaking happen. And you know who Hangman Page has on the other side of the bracket? He's got friggin' Colt Cabana. Boy, I wonder what's going to happen there. 
look, uh, my boy, all right, my boy Joey Janela, um, he is, look, I, it's a disgrace that Joey Janela is in this tournament. It's an absolute disgrace. What are they going to have? Is there going to be a pizza roll match? Yeah. And you know what? You want to talk about this tournament now? Let's do it. Joey Janela being in this tournament is a disgrace. Colt Cabana being in this tournament is a disgrace because with them even being in a tournament where the winner gets a shot at the AEW world title, you're you're saying that they are on the level of the other guys in this tournament. And they are just- being in this tournament is a disgrace. You heard me. They've booked Wardlow so poorly. Yes. Um, Wardlow hasn't been booked the best. I'll give you that. But he's only had a couple. First round match. I I am looking forward to Wardlow and Jungle Boy on on some level. I do think Jungle Boy will win. Yeah. I mean, that's. Given Wardlow and L so early, man, I don't know how I feel. They've done it every other time he's wrestled. In tag team matches. Not in singles matches. Well, he's, I think not he's getting... one singles match on Dynamite. He's probably wrestled some on Dark. Yeah, but against Griff Garrison. Yeah. I, I don't know. But I'm just saying, like, you're putting Kenny Omega against Joey Janela. Joey Janela, who has no, who has about as much business in a wrestling ring as I do. All right. <laughs> Like, I'm dead serious, this guy. <laughs> what a joke. Like, oh. I can't. I Look, my hatred for Joey Janela is something that is legendary. Who do you Don't hate like more, J- Joey Janela or Brandy Rhodes? Boy. Um, <laughs> and look, I'm going to touch on her during the TNT title match. So I'll save my opinion for that. But let's just say I would rather not see Joey Janela ever again. That would be fantastic if I never even saw him again wrestle ever, you know. Um, but yeah, so that tournament, all eight guys get announced. It is Penta versus Ray Phoenix, which I think is going to be an interesting match. But then Kenny Omega and Joey Janela, like what? What a disgrace! Like what a disgrace! It's very Joey- sad. Hangman Adam Page, Cole Cabana, and then Wardlow and Jungle Boy. So, I mean, look, hey, you got eight guys. Listen, we talk about AEW having 50 50 booking. This is it. There are legit, there are two matches that I'm excited for in this first round. I'm excited to see Ray Phoenix and Pentagon Jr. or Penta El Cero M wrestle each other. I think that will be a fun match. Uh, I think you put them up against each other. It's going to be fast-paced. It's going to have the lucha style. And it's going to be good. I don't think uh, that Joey Janela and uh, and that uh, Cole, uh, oh Joey Janela and Kenny Omega will have the same match that they will. I think they'll have a a bad competitive match. A bad. Wait it will be competitive. It shouldn't be competitive, and it will be bad. Well, you got to look at it this way. All right. Out of all eight of these guys, like so when you have a when you have a tournament for the world title, when you have eight guys, you assume all any eight of those could be champion. You know, you would assume. I mean, normally Imagine you're not a world where Colt Cabana is champion. That's what I'm saying. Imagine Joey Janela as the AEW world champion. <laughs> is I he gonna that, is he gonna turn the title into a pizza roll? 
Look, the bad boy, Joey Janela, just describes his wrestling skills. You know, and so I... Kenny Omega needs to squash him, but I think you're it's right. It's not going it happen. Nope. It's going to be a competitive match all the way down. So, um, But look, that's the tournament that's coming up. Obviously, the finals will be at full gear. Um, the two will wrestle, and then the winner of that will take on whoever the AEW world champion is coming out of full gear, with and it, with which I would say, with no buildup, I, I can safely say that John Moxley will be the champion walking out of full gear. I think so. He'll probably wrestle Eddie Kingston. We'll, we'll get to that at the end of the episode here. Yep. So, uh, But is AEW Dynamite took place on October 14th, and they had a nice pyro display to start. Obviously, the one-year uh, celebration. Um, they want they want to go out with style, so uh, they come out with this nice pyro display, and then we just get right into it. The AEW Tag Team Titles, FTR, of course, coming down to the ring with Tully Blanchard, uh, the best friends, Trent and Chuck Taylor, and, and Jay, when you watch this match, like – what were your like, kind of personal feelings about the whole match? Um, how did you think it flowed? And overall, I mean, was this everything you wanted it to be in, in this tag team title match? Okay, this match was hit. It was big hit, and then it was big miss. Uh, and then it was a hit again. Uh, the first third of this match, so this match was 16 minutes, right? Yeah. So being the first match on Dynamite, I think, is is really – maybe even worth more than the main event because you get six, you get 16, 17 uh, minutes, something like that of uninterrupted television time, probably 20 minutes of uninterrupted uh, TV time, no commercials, no picture in picture. Uh, You get like 20 minutes of wrestling uninterrupted. There's a lot of pressure for that. Yeah, there is. The first third of this match was good. Uh, Mm -hmm. They had Trent isolated. FDR had Trent isolated really well. Uh, and then Chuck Taylor catches the hot tag and, uh, he huffed and puffed for about a minute and 30 seconds. And then he was winded as if he had been in the ring for 20 minutes. It like visibly winded. Oh boy. Like I am in better shape than Chuck Taylor right now. And I am in no shape. Well, look, uh, I'm in, I'm in, no, I'm not in the business of telling people they're out of shape. I think that that is, uh, a pot in a kettle type of situation. It's okay uh, to call a spade a spade. You're right, though. Chuck Taylor in this match was hideous. He was hideous, and that's the only that's the only word you could use to describe it. Um, look, I think one thing that I took away from this match is that the best friends are aren't even aren't even in FTR stratosphere. No, and a couple a couple as... months ago we talked about uh, we talked about best friends possibly becoming new tag champs. Uh, I take that statement back. I don't know if that's a politically correct term to use, but uh, I will say I don't. I don't stand by it. I don't either. I'm just. I'm just making a point. Fair enough. Anyway, continue. Uh, so anyway, they go out. They they go outside of the ring because you know. They have to do that. Apparently, I whenever they leave the ring, I start my own ten count. Lance, I think I got up to like fifteen before All right. we started counting. Referee Jay Johnson from home, you know. And the rules matter, damn it! Why can't they matter? FTR specifically said they wanted the rules to matter in their matches so that they could break them because they're good heels, mm. and, they're, and the rules still don't matter. 
Yeah. Chuck Taylor was holding the tag rope. Uh, don't even get me started on the tag rope. So anyway, they go out of the ring. They do their street fight thing. And, uh, Trent has lined up. I believe it's, uh, I believe it's cash wheeler. He's lined him up to go through for some reason. Kip Sabian and his fiance Penelope Ford are playing an arcade game adjacent to the ring. And they go through the arcade machine. Mm. Why? This is, is primetime wrestling storytelling right here. Why it why is there an arcade game sitting at ringside or ring adjacent? of a major wrestling promotion. It's embarrassing. Look, take Jay, your video games to the back. Look, um, we were promised an alternative <laughs> when the show debuted. This is the I, alternative universe that we were promised. We've been sold a false bill of goods. You're right. Um, this is absolutely ridiculous to have this out here. Miro, aka Rusev in the WWE, was a was a beast. He had Rusev Day. It was getting over the guy. The guy could just get over. It's just you know, plain and simple. Now he's playing video games with his buddy. You're right, and he has a wife that looks like Lana, and he's playing video games, man. <laughs> Where have I went wrong in my life? Damn it, Jay. But yes. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, FTR picks up the win in the match to retain the titles. That wasn't in doubt, I don't think. Uh, there were a couple. Of, there were a couple of decent false finishes, like they hit Sub Zero once, and uh, I, I was like, "Well, all right, this is this is our new reality." Because if Brody Lee can be TNT champion for five weeks, anything is possible. You're right. So but, I thought to myself, "This is it," and uh, Cash Wheeler comes in and breaks up the three count. Very well done. Very well done. False finish. I will say. But uh, the match finishes, of course, with FTR cheating again. Uh, the, uh, they get the referee to duck at the right time so that they can, uh, they can bash. Uh, I believe it, it's Trent that gets hit upside the head with a tag title, goes down one, two, three, and FTR retain. Yep. Um, so obviously FTR, they're going to they're gonna give them a big time match full gear because they deserve it and they need to be you know, featured. So it's going to be interesting who they have them go up against. Cause obviously, I think I know who they're going up against. I think so too, but uh, we're just going to have to wait to see. We'll get there. Announce it. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so uh, yeah. So Miro beats up the best friends after this for breaking his video game. And so he threw a legitimate tantrum and then he called them the good friends. Oh no. He called them the good friends. I don't know if he like, Struggled to find the word best, and good came out instead. They are synonyms, but uh, he did call them the good friends. Hmm. I mean, that's just delicious. In an angry tone. Like, it's one of those things where your mom is yelling at you, but she says the wrong thing, and so you're trying not to laugh because she's angry. This was a very similar situation. Perfect analogy, my friend. Um but, uh, but yeah, and then Miro and Kip Sabian are in a match next against Sean Maluda. And I alluded to it this earlier. This boy right here. That's your friend. Sean Maluda and, uh, you know, somebody that I teased earlier in the show that has a name that rivals Griff 
Garrison, longtime listener of the show. Lee, my man, Lee Johnson. Lee really? Johnson. At, at any point when Lee Johnson and Sean Maluda were even introduced for this match, did you think they were going to win? Oh, not a chance. This is a, And this was a good squash match. There are bad squash matches in AEW, and there are good squash matches. This was a this was a good squash match. Why, Lance? Because it took less than three minutes. Miro got in all of the offense. Your boy Finn Balor Light, aka Kip Sabian, hits one move off of the top rope, and that's it. I believe he hits a splash off the top rope, and Miro does the rest. I will have you know. Have me know. I will have you know this. We said last week. Yes. We said you need to have Miro in squash matches. You need to build the guy up. Right? We said that. It's nice to hear that AEW is listening. Now he's in a tag team squash match. You don't need Kip Sabian here. You're right. I do call him Finn Balor light because that's exactly what he is. He's a Finn Balor carbon copy, except with no charisma. He needs to manage he needs to manage Miro. I said I've said it before, I'll say it again. He needs to manage Miro. He needs to manage Penelope Ford. Uh, they need to keep Miro away from the video games. I don't think it adds to his character. If anything, I think it detracts from his character, actually. Because uh, he's supposed to be this big, tough, bad guy, right? Then why are you having him throwing tantrums about his arcade game getting smashed? Well, I don't know. It, that I, that I, sounds like a seventh grade. That sounds like an uncontrollable seventh grader to me. Not like somebody I should actually be afraid of. I have no idea how they're booking Miro. Because when he's not cutting a promo on a video game, he's getting... He's getting squash matches with Lee Johnson. You remember you know? that video, the, that YouTube video from many years ago where the kid gets so mad at World of Warcraft that he sticks a controller up his butt? No. No, there's a legit freakout kid who just like screams and screams. And he gets so mad that he shoves a remote control uh, around his butt. And this was a very similar reaction from Miro. Riveting, <laughs> riveting radio. Um, so, but you're right. I, I think that I do think they need to put Miro in some single squash matches, but I mean, this should have been a handicap match. Yeah, would have put him over big, uh, doing something like that. And it so. was, it was nearly a handicap match, but like, let's, let's eliminate, let's eliminate the guesswork. Let's take Kip Sabian out of the equation. Let's have him in Miro's corner instead and see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. So, and have uh, have Miro take on two, three guys at a time. Have him take on two, three job guys at a time. Have him take on the Dark Order. Have him squash those guys. Mm. Now, okay. Miro, now he's a bat. Now he's a badass. Yeah. Well, look, uh, we booked it here first on one with the undercard. So, yeah, uh, Tony Khan, longtime listener of the show. So, uh, next we have. A backstage uh, kind of brawl going on. Lance Archer taking on John Moxley, beating him up up through the hallways. He knocks out some poor rando, uh, and then the refs are there to break it up. Classic. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, did this get you excited at all for their main no. event match? No. It's the first time they've had contact, though, uh, in, in months, it feels like, because Lance Archer. While with the both COVID. have had COVID, neither have wrestled each other. You're right. So this, Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Tough. 
yeah, they will be taking on uh, each other for the AEW world title at the end of the night. So uh, next we get our favorite promo here on the show. MJF comes out. He calls out Jericho. Jericho comes out with the whole inner circle. They're going back and forth about how they're the top dogs in AEW. They've been carrying the brand. Uh, Jericho, he calls Jericho a genetic. MJF calls Jericho a genetic freak. Um, great line there. Uh, kind of pointing out his abs or lack thereof and you know his, his receding hairline and things like that. Uh, Jericho tells MJF to cut the shit and that there's going to be a huge announcement. Um, this huge announcement's a steak dinner, right? Uh, he challenges Chris Jericho to a steak dinner. Yes, he is. And uh, again, Jay, and I, I don't mean to harp on this again, um, we were promised an alternative when this show debuted, correct? Correct. Okay. Um, I was just checking in case I had misheard something or, you know, just this thought it was the dreaming. alternative that you were promised. Well, look, I, okay, so. At the core of it, I'm not going to hate it because it's Jericho and MJF. I'm not going to hate it. I I want them to just I I just want them to have a match. That's You're all right. I want. And they're going to have to turn Jericho face sooner rather than later. They did have all the inner circle. So at the end of the segment, uh, MJF asks to join the inner circle, and all of the inner circle says, "Oh no 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 way no way no way." And uh, Chris tells them all to shut up. And tells them that they'll think about it. They'll talk about it over the week. He challenges them to the steak dinner. Uh, and uh, I think it's going to lead to a match between them at full gear, which I think could be really good. Maybe. Uh, AEW also has a history of delaying things longer than they should. I see you, Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. Yeah. So we'll um, see what happens here. Yeah. I mean, it, it's going to be, if, if your plan is MJF and Jericho, at the pay-per-view, then you need to start booking this. Like, I know they're planting the seeds for it, but you might want to put the accelerator on this a little bit, you know? So Yeah, and um, AEW has apparently has no problem putting heels up against heels, so. Uh, yeah, I mean, they might not have to turn either of them babyface, so. Uh, next, we get a Dr. Brick Baker uh, promo. She's at a spa with Tony Schiavone. Hear she me when I say that this last, if you thought the video game spot was outrageous, and if you thought that segment was bad, wait till you hear about this one because it took the damn cake and it shit all over the cake. It shit all over the cake. It shit all over the cake. Lance, she tell me what happened because I'm too angry to talk about this segment. She uh, Obviously, she's there with Reba. Reba has a chart and said that the rule number five is to be the baddest bitch on the block. Great alliteration there um tony's getting his chest waxed and and she that's right to tony. tony Schiavone is awkwardly at the spa with Britt baker getting pampered at the same time uh while he's allegedly naked under his robe i think that tony Schiavone is the one bright spot in aew since i started the one guy that's consistently on the money it's Tony Schiavone. This is this kind of segment is the bane of my existence. This was so bad. It did nothing to get anyone over. It just made me uncomfortable. They're just waxing Tony Schiavone's chest for some reason. It had no place on this show. It didn't belong. It has no place in the world of wrestling. This did nothing to get it. I, I haven't seen an announcer get this like 
I, I haven't seen anything this bad happen to an announcer since Taz choked out JR in like 2001. You know, I, I, I love disagreeing with you on the show, but here I can't. This segment was just dong water, and I'm <laughs> done talking about it, Jay. Great. I, Let's talk am, about what happened next. Yes, I'm done talking about this segment forever. Next is the TNT title match. Cody coming out with Arn Anderson and, of course, Brandy Rhodes because she can't be off TV for one week. Just admit you, know, you have a crush on Brandy Rhodes. I think that Brandy Rhodes is a strong beautiful woman that carries the brand well uh, really does a lot of cool things to build the brand i don't need to see her wrestle every week though well she wasn't wrestling she was just uh i know i don't need to see her on tv every week either that's fair that's what i'm alluding to i don't think i need to see her wrestle ever again but i mean I like you're right I, I don't know. But, uh, yes, it is Cody taking on Orange Cassidy for the TNT title. I mean, here in the beginning of the match, Cody actually gets Orange Cassidy to lock up. And you have some strong opinions about that, don't you? I don't think Orange Cassidy knows how to wrestle. This was his hmm. first tie-up. In a year of AEW, this is the first time we've seen him tie up. And what happened, Lance? Nothing. Literally nothing. Nothing they tie happened up. They break the tie, they tie up again, they break the tie, they did it to get Corny off his back probably, and uh, it, nothing came of it. I don't think, and I could be wrong, uh, Orange Cassidy, come on the show, prove me wrong. I don't think Orange Cassidy actually has been trained how to wrestle. Strong sentiment. But, no, he, uh, like he does the... Like he does his very small, limited move set well. He does the hands in the pocket thing well. He does his gimmick really well. Uh, but you, uh, we should have quit while we were having fun with Orange Cassidy. <laughs> now that now he's being just... pushed, now that he's being pushed, it's just, it's just sadly apparent that he doesn't know what he's doing. I mean, I mm-hmm. haven't been, I haven't been to wrestling school either, Orange Cassidy. So, like, maybe we'll go together. Maybe we but, can learn how to do how to do uh, basic things together. It'll be fun. Well, the difference between him not going to wrestling school and you not going to wrestling school is he's wrestling Cody Rhodes on a national nationally televised program. Yeah, that's the issue. This this okay. Spoiler alert: This match goes to a twenty minute time limit draw. This match had no business being a twenty minute time limit draw. Cody is one of the best talents in all of AEW, and his match was wasted on Orange Cassidy. Well, look, I mean, Cassidy gets in his usual spots as the shin kicks and the super kick, uh, hits the stun dog millionaire, which is just a stunner. Um, it's Cody just, hits, it's just a stunner. It's literally um, just a stunner. Yeah. Uh, Cody uh, hits the disaster kick, Orange Cassidy kicks out of two. I think that was about the time in the match where it clicked. Um, that this might go to a 20-minute time limit draw, which Cody's already done with a guy like Darby Allen, um, who was watching from ringside. That worked and then we, from Darby Allen. That worked for Darby Allen, though. That helped to put Darby Allen over a little bit. Yeah, you're uh, right. In the same way that it helped for Jungle Boy to go to a time limit draw with Chris Jericho. Yeah. This did exactly. not do the same thing. This only exposed Orange Cassidy's weaknesses. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, towards the end here um, – 
obviously they they do go to the time limit draw, but Darby Allen's watching from the crowd. It's announced that Darby Allen and will be facing Cody uh, at full gear for the TNT title. So oh, we get they that. Did announce that I must have missed that. Yeah, so they did. They they just they said it on commentary. So okay, um, but uh, yeah, it is going to be Darby Allen and Cody uh, for the TNT title. So obviously, where did that come from? I, I don't know. I'm not obviously, mad about it, but where did it come from? Well, Darby Allen seems to be their go-to guy, but he's the the unofficial king of 50-50 booking, if you think yeah, about it. he really is. Because I wouldn't mind seeing him win the championship. I'm not saying well, I, I want Cody to lose. I've really enjoyed seeing Cody on television. I think he gets great matches out of everyone that he wrestles. Cody dyes hair black blonde, by the way. Back yeah. blonde. It, so it that's has cool. been re-bleached. Yeah, so that's good. Uh, but uh, they do go to a, t- a time limit draw. Um, so, so like here, I, I, I'm kind of with you in the sense of uh, Orange Cassidy's wearing on me a little bit as well. Um, it's starting to get stale and old. Like obviously, this is what this is what you're going to get with this gimmick. Also, you know, so- can we talk about the fact that uh, the finishers are still not being protected in AEW? Of course, they're not. Jared, Why would they be? He kicked out of the beach break twice. Mm. Also, there were a handful of times where Cody just laid there and let Orange Cassidy do things to him. <laughs> like there were a couple of roll ups that like, like, and I get it. Like the magic of wrestling is not uh, is not lost on me. But he just he just sat there and waited for him to do his things, and it was what? it was it was badly noticeable. I will say this, and then we will move on. Cody and Orange Cassidy have both had better matches. I don't think it's either of their fault. It's just I, I don't like the time limit draws. Maybe I'm just not old school in that sense. I feel I like, like I, the time. I I like the time limit draw. It it you, angers you on a level. It what it leaves you wanting more. Uh, did you like it I, here though? No, I didn't like it here. I liked it. I liked it other times, but this just. He has no business. Cody has no business going 20 minutes with Orange Cassidy. He has the business of going like 10 minutes with Orange Cassidy, mm. but not the full time limit. I yeah. think they'll wrestle again probably next week or sometime after full gear. I think uh, Orange Cassidy will get his rematch. And uh, I think that Cody had better win that match. I think Orange Cassidy has a TNT title run in him at some point, but I don't think it's yet. Look, uh, I promised I'm moving on from this topic, and I'm I'm going to right now. So I am not a fan of this match. No. Next segment. I'm not. Uh, having, I wasn't having any fun with that. No. Um, Lance Archer and Jake Roberts are backstage being interviewed by Alex Marvez. Um, <laughs> Lance starts talking. John Moxley jumps in, obviously getting revenge for earlier in the night. Again, this isn't moving the needle for me any. So, you know, yeah, I, I you know, it's a lot better than John Moxley just cutting promos from the boiler room. But, uh, you know, I, I just don't, I don't know. So, um, Matt Hardy's in the crowd. He's being interviewed by Tony Schiavone. Fortunately, um, Tony Schiavone is wearing pants in this segment. Yes, you're absolutely right. Um, there's a video of, of pictures of Matt, and um, and then they, they set themselves on fire, and then it's, it turns out that it's Sammy Guevara, so it seems like we're going back into this. Does Matt Hardy love... It's again. 
does Sammy does Matt Hardy think Sammy Guevara is like the best like the the best up and comer in wrestling? He has to, right? I think that Sammy needs someone to put him over. I think Sammy needs an old guy to put him over, and I think Matt Hardy is that guy. Um, I think this is probably a dream come true for Sammy Guevara. And yeah, so. I think this is going to be the first guy that that Matt will really be putting over. So I'm excited to see him put Sammy over, and I've said that numerous times in the past. But at the same time, I really hope this is the end of their. I really hope this is the end of the road for them. Yeah, I mean, this is because this the last is, time they wrestled was at the last pay per view, and uh, Sammy friggin' knocked him out. Yeah, which was blatantly like the concussion protocol was a joke. Uh, whoever let Matt Hardy continue in that, it's just wow. But uh, yeah, so I I think for me, um, seeing Matt Hardy kind of put over Sammy Guevara, like I like it, but at the same time, I feel like we've we've done this song and dance before. You know, we've kind of uh, we, we, it, it's time has come and gone, but but he, obviously they're going into full gear to wrestle each other, so I have to live with it as a fan of AEW. So um, and that's fine, but. Uh, Next, there's uh, tag teams out on the ramp. There's a fatal four-way tag team match. The winners will get a shot at, at FTR and the tag team titles. Um, that Jay, will be next week. Yeah. Um, so the, the four teams are a private party. They, they draw them out of a uh, like a bingo machine, like a big fancy bingo machine. Uh, who did you think was going to be the last team to get called? It was going to be the Young Bucks, right? It has Literally to be. no suspense. They've got to put the Young Bucks in the title picture and they have to, they've exhausted all of their other options with putting them in. And so now they've moved on to the option, the trope, the gimmick, where their names get drawn out of a bingo machine. Well, look, this is obviously building up to the Young Bucks and FTR full gear, right? This has to be it. If the Young Bucks lose this match, I will lose my mind. Oh, they will. They're going to win this match. They have they'll to. win the match next week, but they'll lose against FTR. I think so, too. And the Young Bucks will lose a yet another title shot. Hmm. It's going to be interesting. Next couple of weeks are going to be very, very interesting. How do you, how do you think they're going to put him in the uh, how do you think they're going to put him in the title picture at Revolution? How's that going <laughs> to happen? How are they going to get him in the title for uh, double or nothing in the title picture for that? You know, so um, so so. Young the Young Bucks and FTR obviously that is on the horizon. Um, whether or not I think that's a good or bad thing, you know, we're gonna have to wait and see. But uh, but yeah, I mean, but but next we do get the AEW Women's Title Match: Hikaru Shida and Big Swole. Another title match with absolutely zero heat going into it, right, Jay? We don't have to talk about this for very long, do we? Uh, no, uh, the match goes about nine minutes. There was some back and forth. I I feel like. Big Swole got a lot of offense in, but it wasn't. I I didn't believe that she was going to ever win the match. No, um, and this not. does this did not have a big match. This did not have a big time women's match kind of feel to it. No, there was no big match feel to this. It, this was this was literally thrown together. Yeah, you're I right. I had no idea this was happening until they announced it on. I think they announced it on Instagram, or maybe I saw something about it on Reddit. I don't know. Uh, I, I think I saw something of that. I believe they announced it on on uh, their social media somewhere, and I believe I stumbled across it on Reddit. And uh, I believe I took a screenshot and sent it to you, and you said I I thought I saw this coming. Yeah, 
you're right. And so I, I think that I just think the whole women's division just needs we rebranded. And you need to bring in some some next the next couple of free agents you bring in better be top women talent, man. They need to bring they need to sign Thunder Rosa. They need to sign Thunder Rosa. I think they also need to sign Tessa Blanchard. I think Tessa Blanchard could really move the needle for you. Um, I know there's reports that she's a bully backstage, blah, blah, blah. But if you're talking about straight up having a just a killer in your women's division, Tessa Blanchard's the one you're going to go with. Her dad already works there, so I think she's an easy pick. Um, but they need to do something about this women's division quickly. Um, Sheeta does retain the title, obviously. Um, but come on. Bixwell loses the match. Now, did she? No, she beat she beat Burt Baker, right? So, we yeah, have to talk about at, that. Uh, yeah, at uh, all out. So um, I don't know. At no point, Big Swole shouldn't even. Big Swole shouldn't even have been in this match. I, I I like her as a wrestler, but she hasn't really done anything to to garner a title shot. Yeah. So we said this match went nine minutes. This match went five minutes too long. Uh huh. Yeah. So, um, it's gonna be. It's going to be very interesting coming in. Um, next week, uh, they have a couple of matches announced. We've already alluded to it. The Fatal 4-Way tag match. Uh, you know, and... and uh, it's been too o- long since we've had 50 people in the ring for one match. You're right. You're right. Because that, that isn't... Uh, we need to just make sure that that's all... Uh, all kosher and everything. Um, and then we do have the first round of the AEW world title uh, matches, you know, Colt Cabana and Adam Page, Kenny Omega and Joey Janela. Get ready to see Boom Boom Colt Cabana and Joey Janela wrestling each other for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship at uh, at uh, full, full gear. gear. Um, Sean Spears is having an issue with Scorpio Sky. Apparently, uh, Sean Spears hasn't done. Sean Sean Spears hasn't done a goddamn thing this year. No, hasn't done a he's thing. Not pantsed by Dustin Rhodes, and he got dropped as a client of Tully Blanchard. Wait, did he? I thought he was with Tully. I don't think Tully was in this promo, was he? I think he's still with Tully. Regard, irregardless, I'm he probably wrong. He doesn't belong with Tully. If I'm if I'm wrong, at Collective Heel on Twitter, let me know. Um, but. Uh, yeah, so like, I'm not excited for a Sean Spears, Scorpio Sky. I'm not excited for that. It's not something to be excited for, is it? No. I mean, I no. like – I honestly, I actually – I'm a little excited about that. Uh, I think Scorpio Sky is great, and I think Sean Spears knows how to work. He's not been oh. pushed in this company like I thought he would, but – Yeah. Well, it just goes to show that sometimes, you know, you don't always get what you want, right? Because Sean Spears being buddies with Cody, you know, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like he thought his luck would be a little bit different in AEW too, but but here it is, I guess. Um, which does bring us to our main event, the no disqualification match for the AEW world title. John Moxley, Lance Archer, obviously with Jake Roberts. Moxley, 19-0 and this year, Jay. 19-0, and bro. Pretty good. Uh, Archer's coming in 13-1. and um, This was a slugfest. You know, for, for a lot of it. Um, Moxley hits a suicide dive through the ropes, which I thought was a very athletic move and something a little bit out of This match, by the way, was uh, no disqualification. I did say that. 
Did we say that? I did say that. Now you're taking my journalistic integrity into question. I don't know how I feel about it. Listen, all I know is the best part of this match was Eddie Kingston on commentary. Yes, Eddie Kingston was out on commentary. Uh, he was out with the Butcher and the Blade. Um, the lone bright spot in this match was Eddie Kingston on commentary. You're right. Uh, what did you think of the match as a whole, though, Jay? As a snoozer. I don't. I, they've done a decent job of building this up, but I'm about over Moxley being the champion, and I don't think it should be Lance Archer. I had no interest in this match. Mm. Um, I did. I did like some of the spots. Like uh, he has, uh, he gets, uh, he gets the paradigm shift early, and and Archer kicks out. I think I believe it was a one count. Uh, which I don't love that. Please protect the finisher, especially if you hit it within the first 10 seconds. Give him a two count. Yeah. Because uh, at least you're catching him off. Look like a monster. Like you catch him off guard, but like he's going to recover quickly. So that's fine, but don't make it a one count. Yeah. Uh, uh, John Moxley is, uh, has him in a submission. I don't remember what, what submission it was. Do you remember what he has him in? I think it's the bulldog choke. Yeah, it is. And, uh, he Lance Archer gets to the rope and the referee looks at him and says, I can't do anything for you. It's no disqualification. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, look, uh, at the end of the match, uh, Archer hits Moxley with a black blackout slam and he kind of covers him with his back. And then Moxley just takes that opportunity to roll him up, pin his shoulders of the mat and, and, and retain the title after 13 minutes. So this match, I feel like the, this was one of those matches where I feel like the build was uh, better than the actual payoff match. And yeah. that happens more than it should, but I think this match really didn't do anything for me. You're I right. One of the- this was better than last week's main event where Chris Jericho wrestled Luther and Serpentico. I'll give you that, seeing how Serpentico's been on uh, like one show or whatever, you know. So um, The most notoriety Serpentico had gotten before that was when Sammy Guevara disguised himself as Serpentico. Uh, yeah, his return, or somebody stopped him in the airport and go, "Man, are you psychosis?" <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, because that's what he looks like. But um, I I think that uh, this match was all right. wasn't anything. You know, I mean, you were both kind of back and forth on whether or not we thought Lance Archer was actually going to win the title. Um, so this match as a whole didn't really do much for me. Obviously they're building Moxley up more. He's going to go into full gear. Is he going to have a title match? We have no stinking clue right now. They haven't announced anything, but my, my guess is that he'll be wrestling Eddie Kingston again. I sure hope so. Because they had a, they had a fine match. Yeah. Uh, After the match though, Kingston gets in the, uh, gets in the ring and starts cutting a promo. You know, he starts going in on Moxley. Um, he he had a great great match and he and he claims he never tapped out again, you know that's uh, that's been the ongoing theme. Uh, Kingston said he's proud of John and always knew he could do it, um, you know kind of. But then at towards the end he attacks him and uh, he holds up the title and him and all of his dudes are in the ring and it looks like they're they're going towards Eddie Kingston versus John Moxley, which is beautiful. You know why it's beautiful, Jay? Why is it beautiful? Because I predicted that he was going to win the Battle Royal in the first place, and here he is, not two months later, still in the world title hunt. Yeah. I don't think they put it on Eddie Kingston. I think it's too soon. No. There's no way Eddie Kingston's a champion, but 
I think it's. I think in time, I think he has a championship run in him. His promos on his promos alone. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, but that's how Dynamite ends this week. You know, uh, this is kind of a lukewarm show for me, man. I didn't really feel. Uh, this show wasn't what it should have been for the one-year anniversary show. Would you agree with that? No, it wasn't. And I mean, for, for a one-year anniversary show, they sure had a lot of big talent off of the show. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So, uh, look, we're going into full gear. There's no matches, really, except for Darby Allen and Cody uh, that have been officially announced. So we're at the two-week mark. They did the same thing uh, in the build-up to All Out. So it's going to be interesting how they go through that. But, I mean... But yeah, I mean that that that's the whole episode of Dynamite. And I just got to say, man, like again, kind of a down for the for the one year show. But look, I this company notoriously bounces back. You know, they they have a kind of a you know lukewarm show, then they have an excellent show. It just kind of bouncing back and forth. So we can ho- only hope that they build up to full gear, something to uh, to remember, right, my friend? I hope so. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, but yeah. Um, but that brings us to the end of the show. Uh, make sure you check out the Whole Fast Coffee Company. Go to wholefastcoffeeco.com and use that promo code HEELTURN20 to get 20% off your basket today. Jay, who's the barista of the week this week? This week's barista of the week brought to you by the Whole Fast Coffee Co. is my good buddy, Thomas Wagner. Uh, longtime friend and listener of the show, Thomas, uh, a real employee at Hold Fast. Uh, glad you could make it. Uh, enjoy being the barista of the week. Big shout out to uh, to that man and everybody that makes Holdfast uh, the greatest coffee company in Colorado Springs. Not only um, in Colorado Springs, but the greatest coffee company in the world. In the world. Uh, our boy Hayden French normally takes the title of barista of the week, but this week we decided to switch it up a little bit. So. Uh, make sure you check us out, the Heel Turn Collective Radio Network on Facebook. Give us a like. Let us know what you like, what you don't like about the show. Um, and just uh, overall, you know, we just hope that you can con- continue to keep um, just supporting the show. The, the feedback we've gotten has been really fantastic. Uh, me and Jay are super excited about everything we've got going on. Uh, make sure you check out all the other shows that we have on the network, Sundays, Tuesdays, and Fridays. We always got new content three times a week. So make sure you check out all those at Collective Heel on Twitter. And Jay doesn't have a Twitter. Uh, I don't have a Twitter so that I can continually run my mouth over a podcast. You're right. Uh, At Heel Turn Collective on Instagram. Give us a follow. Uh, We have some clips up there and we have a couple of other things. So make sure you check that out uh, and give everything a like on there. Uh, and, and, And yeah, I mean, Jay, do you have anything else to add before we just get the hell out of here? Be kind to each other. Wear a mask. Go vote. Uh, your voice uh, doesn't matter, but make it hurt anyway. Absolutely. Until then, take care of each other, damn it. Yes. Um, he is Silky J. Johnson. I am the freak of the week every week. Lance, and until next time, guys. I hate you so much. <laughs> we'll be back next week to cover another episode of AEW Dynamite, and we hope to all see you there. So until next time, peace out.